0: The meanings of the pictographs are gone. They're lost. Why, why would God need to encrypt a message when general and specific revelation have done really well and there are other better examples of predictive prophecy in the Old Testament itself?
1: Hey everyone, this is What Your Pastor Didn't Tell You. Today I'm on with linguist Amo. We're going to be talking about a very interesting translation, uh, hidden code found in Genesis 1. We're going to talk about the legit- legitimacy of that and uh, what we can actually take from Genesis one. So, let's get into the video here. I'm going to
2: show you something that will blow your mind about the Bible. Something I found hidden in the very first word. I only know enough Hebrew to figure out the meaning of words and read scripture. And I encourage everyone to learn the 22-letter Bit, the Hebrew alphabet, and the pictographs from the ancient form of the language, so you can uncover the beautiful truths of scripture as well.
1: He says, I only know enough about Hebrew to figure out the meaning of words and read scripture. Now, this seems like a weird phrase to say. Yeah. He only knows enough to figure out the meaning of words and read scripture. I'm... I'm I guess there's other stuff that you need to know about Hebrew. Um, the language would be just good. What would you
0: say? Uh, the language would be good.
1: I guess maybe he's just saying that he knows how to, what, take a, take his you know, his script out, as we're going to talk about, and then translate it that way. Um, I, I guess, you know, yeah. I mean, I, I guess uh, you probably but... should know a little bit about the language before you Yeah
2: translate it. Definitely. But,
1: I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if it's legit.
2: And I encourage everyone to learn the 22 letter aleph Bit, the Hebrew alphabet, and the pictographs from the ancient form of the language so you can uncover the beautiful truths of scripture as well.
1: Okay. okay. So so he he talks about the the pictograph here from the mm-hmm. ancient form of the language. Now, yeah. can you talk about uh what what this is? What is the pictograph and ancient ancient language he's referring to?
0: So the pictograph um the pictographs are um, what the later alphabets are derived off of. So the Aleph would have been the Oxid. The Bait would have been a house. The Gimel would have been a foot. The Daleth, the door. The Hay would have been uh, just a Hay, I guess. Um, a Vav would have been a nail and on and so, you know, just down the line. Mm-hmm. And um, that's how we get our alphabet later on but they lost those meanings. So the pictographs are no longer, the meanings of the pictographs aren't, have, um, I'm trying to word this correctly, I'm sorry. Um, the meanings of the pictographs are gone, they're lost, because they, the alphabets just re- represent sounds. So the aleph is a voiceless, is, is voiceless unless you put, um, shoot, just shut that. Um, it's voiceless unless you put a vowel marker underneath it. Now, uh, the bait, just makes the bus sound there's no meaning to it anymore when you get um down to like the late bronze age is the thing it does it loses its meaning of house so it just means that just you just look at it like you do in the latin script that we use for english you know you look at the letters and you just ah for a b for you know and so so forth and it's the same thing here with the hebrew script uh these pictographs once had meanings as far as words are concerned yes but by the time you get to um an alphabet going on they just represent sounds um that's it
1: interesting so when was this pictograph used
0: um the one that he uh the one that he uses was definitely probably second millennium so as far as it was probably early second millennium, maybe a little later. So like mid big- second millennium. Mm-hmm. So 1500, 1600.
1: We know that because of findings where we can date like specific things and then you
0: mm-hmm. don't have the paragraph yeah. language. On yeah. It. Like Sin- Sinai inscriptions are our biggest thing there. Um, because they more or less have uh, similar scripts to this. Um, but, uh, yeah that's that's what i would say and this was a precursor to some scripts like the phoenician script which then turned into the um hebrew script so
1: gotcha all right and is this what the genesis one script is based off so just for more clarity we talked before about mm-hmm. uh you know you know a lot of people actually think that you know genesis 1 1 is actually a lot later than you know the rest of genesis and that's because you know it might have been written by adam and whether you think it's written by Adam I'm I'm not necessarily concerned with but um mm-hmm. I mean is it possible that say if Adam did write this like that this is what he would be using
0: oh this oh um no I I I really if if Adam actually <laughs> I'm sorry um I just don't think Adam would have written this um he's talking like the first human I would imagine um I just on um, no I do not believe that at all. Um, so this, since this was second millennium, um, I think even young earth creationists think it was, um, Adam existed, he, was it 2,000 years before? Was it 4,000 BC? So um, I do not think he would have used this script at all. Um, he would have used, um, I don't even think writing was, writing came into existence in the third millennium. So um, I think third or well, oh, it could have been fourth. Sorry, I'm having an inner monologue now. Uh, <laughs> so um, writing, uh, to my knowledge, came into existence roughly around the third millennium. Um, maybe the fourth, but i almost certain it was the third millennium. So um, according, even according to young earth creationists, um, Adam existed in the fourth or um, the uh, fifth century or something BC or fifth um, millennium BC is what I mean. So there was no writing. So I don't think he would have used this at all.
1: Gotcha. Okay, so maybe it was handed down orally, and then mm. this is what, hypothetically, yeah. maybe, um, you know, who who is in the the this script that we're we're talking about here, the the pictograph and all that, uh, who would have been? This would have. Yeah, who would have used? But who would have been using it in, in like? In Bible I think
0: um, like people like well Abraham, who existed probably in the nineteenth century BC, so early second millennium. Uh, roughly around there, we think Abraham existed. Um, if people who think if people who believe Abraham existed, I'm one of them. Um, um, he would have used a script like this. People like um, uh, Abraham, Laban, uh, Jacob, or not Jacob, um, Isaac. People like that would have probably used this. By the time you get to Joseph, um, since I'm a late date Exodus, which would have been, jeez second intermediate period I want to say so 16200 years they you would have started to see the developments and changes of the script become more and more um, standardized is what I'm saying so
1: okay so maybe that hypothetically speaking maybe that Genesis one was it was you know handed down or maybe it was finally written um, you know in this but say like example Abraham um, mm-hmm like maybe genesis 1 1 wasn't actually you know fully translated uh i mean is that possible at all that like would that make then this pictograph thing would be applicable
0: i think it was uh, handed down orally um from abraham on down and then um when they compiled when they wrote and compiled the pentateuch in the um what i think most most of the pentateuch i think most of the pentateuch was written in the second um late second millennium so the late bronze age um, I think all those oral um, accounts were finally met were might were finally written on paper. Um, and in in a script um, that was I want to say that it was written in the um, like the Phoenician script. And then by the time, you know, with a lot of copying and everything over through you know through the centuries, there was a copies, copies, copies. Uh, it became Paleo Hebrew and then the Square Script, so um, that's how I think it was transmitted. So orally first, and then written, uh, beginning in the second, uh, late second millennium, um, possibly even the early Iron Age. So uh, we have texts that are um, seem to show that we have uh, loan words, Egyptian loan words that are only that were only used or toponyms that were only used in these late second millennium, like Pi Ramesses. Um, uh, etom, pithom, uh, pithom store cities like this which didn't exist later in the Iron Age and people living uh, like 600 years after the Exodus uh, if you're late date so that puts it um, the 13th century. Um, they wouldn't have known these store cities so they wouldn't have put it in the Pentateuch if the Pentateuch were written 600-700 years later. Okay. Hopefully
1: so...
0: that. That was yeah. a lot there. Sorry.
1: <laughs> no worries. Uh, so, I think what this person, like, the only reason I can think that this pictographic script is applicable is if there is some meaning of the pictographs still in the Hebrew here. Mm-hmm. Now, like, is there any possible way that uh, it could have the meaning of you know the actual Hebrew of today and the pictograph?
0: No, because the meanings of the uh, pictographic script are have been divorced from the actual alphabet or the script later. So they lost their meanings. Um, they just represent sounds anymore. They, they don't really have any of that meaning anymore.
1: Interesting. And how do, like, how do we know that? How do we know they lost their...
0: Um, I think well, we can do with the... You can, we can use the second letter of the uh, script here, which is based. Now, the word for house in Hebrew is by it. So, um, bait is the construct form. So that means if you say house of, you would say bait, and then the, another noun would follow it. And like, you know, a name usually like the house of Jacob or the house of slavery, as it says in the text, like, you know, it would be bait, um, avadim, um, things like that, the house of slavery. So, um, that's really the only time you'd see bait, and it means house, is in that possession possessive form. But if you just have the noun standing alone, it's by it. So, and uh, it would have a three roots. Hebrew has three roots, just like se- other Semitic languages. So, it would be bait. Um, you, would ha- you would see a bait, a yod, and a "tav," And then you'd put the vowel, and then the Masoretes who came thousands of years later put the vowels there. So, they just lost their meanings over time from the early alphabetic inscription. By the time you get to the Hebrew, when Hebrew came around in the tenth, 9th century BC, um, and even in between, like the late uh, Bronze Age, they were they lost their meanings like that.
1: Interesting. Okay, so essentially, this is what it sounds like you're saying is that we can see how the Hebrew is used, you know, all throughout the Old Testament, and it's it's extremely like it's 100% consistent with this one specific use of mm-hmm. you know what we he- see in hebrew today and the way it's used is is never you know unless there's like some you know some crazy hidden code or whatever that um nobody knows about until now that yeah. that it's um that it's that there's you know the pictographic script is being used so basically that it other in other places it wouldn't make any sense is that what you're saying
0: yeah it just wouldn't make any other sense in other place it, it really wouldn't um, I think dr. Michael um, I'm having his brain for it now i can see his face um, there was another OT scholar an Old Testament scholar who went through this and you if you go through verse, it doesn't really doesn't really work it doesn't work at all. So there's no in there's no consistency with it. It's just in that word sheaf. and um, I've seen other people just like rip that word apart, letter you know, letter by letter, and it just wouldn't make sense in other verses with that word there. Like what? What if um, since the bait there in, in Genesis one one the bait is the preposition "in," and um, then you've got. Um, You've got uh, the 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 word reshith there. Well, there are uh, other places in the in the Hebrew Bible in the Old Testament where it's just reshith. Well, what do you do then? You know, so it wouldn't it just wouldn't work in other uh, chapters and verses. So,
1: uh, yeah, we can get into it because we haven't even actually gotten to what he what he thinks the actual meaning of it is. Oh, okay. okay. So, <laughs> um. So he, he says
2: in Genesis one one we know it says in beginning we say in the beginning in beginning that's Bereshit. bet resh aleph shin yod and tav.
1: You know we know it says in beginning. I mean is this is this what Bereshit means?
0: Yes, in the beginning. In the beginning. In. Um,
1: but obviously the Bible says in the beginning. So mm-hmm. explain what what or or the Bible or in some translations say you know when God began to create or. In the oh yeah so.
0: Um, most of our English yeah. translations will always keep in the beginning um, there's the Jewish Publications Society the JPS which actually reads when God began to create the heavens and the earth or the heavens and the earth the earth was without form and void so verse 1 is contingent on verse 2 it's a subordinate clause in verse 1 so verse 2 completes the the sentence so that's the theory Um that's Heiser's theory, I think. Um, he's one of the first ones I've heard uh, pose it. Um, others, like myself, tend to disagree with that. And we still keep the traditional uh, translation in the beginning. Um, so.
1: And so, um, yeah, I've done plenty of videos on this. So you can uh, link in the description. Uh, but as far as the, um, like, even if it's say it's the, um, now like so explain so if it means in beginning then why would we add the the
0: um well just because of english that's how english works we don't really say in beginning in english it, we have to put the in there in the beginning it needs it it begs for a definite article in english um whereas it doesn't really in hebrew and because the definite article in hebrew attaches to nouns so uh, the ha, ha" is the uh, definite article in Hebrew, and it always attaches to a noun. so it would be if you want to say um, like the house, it's "ha by it." Um, if you wanted to say beginning, it would be ha rashif um, so but again, on the flip side of that, the problem is, is that there's a schwa, which is these two dots, these two vertical dots under the under the letter, and um that's where the, uh, the debate comes in. Well, should we translate this in, as a prepositional phrase, or should we translate this as a subordinate clause because right. of that?
1: Gotcha. Okay. So, so he got that right at least, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, and so later he says,
2: And originally Hebrew was written with symbols.
1: Originally the Hebrew was written with symbols. Like, is this a true statement?
2: If he's talking about the pictographic script,
0: um, as far, I, I don't think so, because Hebrew script is a descendant of Phoenician, the Phoenician script. So we could have, they they were writing, they could have written Hebrew in a Phoenician script. Um, like Dr. Colston said, um, uh, Dr. Colston of George Washington University, he said that uh, he, he believes that Hebrew existed before the ninth, 10th century. It's just that the oldest, um, inscriptions that were written in Hebrew date to the 9th, 10th century B.C. So. so.
1: So what exactly is wrong with that? So it wasn't originally, the Hebrew wasn't originally simple, or are you saying that it's just no longer Hebrew anymore?
0: Um, That's the thing. Um, I think it probably wasn't. I don't think it could have. It could have been Hebrew. I'm, I'm going to leave it as a possibility. It could have been Hebrew, but there's just no way. I, just a, it doesn't make sense to me as far as a, the pictographs are concerned okay. at all.
1: Okay. All right. Uh, so so now he says...
2: It's the pictographic symbol for Aleph is like an ox head, and it represents strength. Bait is tent or house. Ab, Aleph, bait, Abba. Father, the strength of the house. Aleph, strength. Beit, tent, or house. Resh is a head, a little picture of a head. And we know that, B and R together, bar, son of. Aleph is God, the strength, the strength of the tent. Aleph, Beit. God of beginnings, the creator. Some say it's technically correct for the written version of scripture to begin with Aleph, but God does not do that in the Holy Bible. He places... Bar first. He places the sun first. So, Aleph, Beit, Father, Ab, Abba, the strength of the tent is God, and Beit, Resh, Bar, Son of. So, in the first word of the Bible just there, in the first three letters of the Old Testament, we have the Son of God, with a language that is thousands of years old. Hold on, it gets crazier. Beit, Resh, Aleph, then Sheen. The symbol is like teeth. It represents destruction or devouring. Yod, is an outstretched hand and arm, and it represents work or doing something. And finally, Tav is a T, one's mark, one makes a mark, or a cross. So when you lay out the pictographs for Hebrew, for Bereshit, and take the meaning with the phonetics of each letter, and what the letter combinations mean, you get, The Son of God, Petra Shalif, is destroyed, Shin, by the work of his own hand, Yod, Willingly on a cross. Tav. Yeah, the Bible is that deep. The son of God is destroyed by the work of his own hand, willingly on a cross. Better sheet.
1: The message is son, God, destroyed, hand, cross. And then that's what the letter combination means. Yeah. So even in the proto sinaitic they don't have just one meaning. How do they differentiate between the meanings?
0: So um, Semitic words have a wide range of meaning, which sometimes makes translation difficult um, as far as uh, text criticism is concerned in translations. But in this case, um, the Rache, or you, the, the B, the bait and the Rache there, that's why he says, oh, this has got to be Bar, which means son for Aramaic. Um, which, again, why didn't he just use the Hebrew? Ben, what's, what's that, if that's the case? Then he uses the actual Aleph for God, which is L, the Aleph and the Lamed form L, which just means God. It's just a generic word for God. It can also mean like God of the Bible, but it could, more than likely not, it just means God. It's a generic term. Destroyed. So this is interesting. I, find, I found this one because Shane means tooth. Uh, shane is spelled with a sheen and a nun. And he makes the connection. Uh, using mental gymnastics, in my opinion, uh, to come up with the word destroy, which is a completely different word. Um, and then hand, which is yad. He actually gets that one right. Yad means hand. And then the cross is the tav uh, that he uses for tav, right? I think is how it goes. So, um, and it, the the thing is, is that the, as as far as, know when we think of the cross we think of the crucifixion and and jesus dying on the cross and everything the thing is is though that the crucifixion as the romans had perfected it wasn't until way later anyway so there's no way the writer would have known that um as for for the as far as the cross is concerned um and it's a tav uh, which i know in the pictographic script looks like a cross but uh, it's, he's he's got to do a lot of mental gymnastics to get uh, that, that there for cross. So
1: Yeah, but maybe it's, maybe it's prophetic. Maybe, like, you you it's believe prophetic. that the Bible is inspired, so like, why couldn't God have you know, put the cross in maybe, there? Maybe, but why,
0: why would God need to encrypt a message when general and specific revelation have done really well and there are other better examples of predictive prophecy in the Old Testament itself? Um, that, that would, that would be what I would say to him. It's you have special and general revelation. God has revealed himself generally to all of us in the, in his word. And then specifically through, you know, the prophets are good examples, how God revealed himself, um, specifically using specific, um, uh, knowledge, uh yeah, specific knowledge. So, um, I just don't see why God would need to encrypt a message in Genesis 1, 1. At all, there. Yeah, I guess the (laughs) when the the other stuff did the trick.
1: Yeah, right. Okay, so um, one thing I noticed, I was I was looking myself for you know this script that he's using and all that, and um, and everyone I looked, I I'm trying to figure out why the ox head means God. Uh, Is that is that just common knowledge? I think it's
0: because the ox head evolved into the olive. And then you get L that way. And Aleph and L. Lamed, Aleph and Lamed make the word God in Hebrew, L. I think that's how that's the connection there.
1: So, did, did it actually mean that?
0: No, not in the pictographic script, no. I'm talking about the, you're talking about the. I'm not. Okay, maybe, maybe I'm not getting the question.
1: No, no, I think you got the correct question. That's oh, okay.
0: Talking. That so the weird. um did i get it wrong i might i might have personally i might be confusing no.
1: well no i mean it, it sounds
0: like it just means ox be... yeah it just means well, ox or it can means it can be an abstract like strength that's yeah.
1: it it just seems like i'm just trying to figure out where he got this from
0: yeah i don't have a... <laughs> Okay, it's interesting i have no All idea right. <laughs> i thought i didn't answer the question i'm sorry i was <laughs> i'm like oh did i not answer it right yeah, you're
1: good all right, this has been very fun. All right, um, I hope you guys enjoyed this. Everyone, make sure to like and subscribe to Linguist MO. This has been awesome. Everyone, I hope you have a great rest of your day. And uh, good one. Yep. Language, sure. English,
2: mic.